Okay, so uh, I'm sure people that are watching online are wondering, why does that church have that funeral table every week in the front? And that is for our series that we are in the middle of 21 Days to Live. And our key text has been Psalms 90, verse 12. And it says, to teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Is he talking about that we should, did you know there's a, actually a death calendar uh, uh, that's out there, a, a sort of a death clock rather, that you can see how many days you have left compared to the national average? Now, he's not talking about that. We're not waiting for death, right? We're living life for Jesus. But what he is teaching us is, is that t- for us to know that our life is short on this earth. And let's not take it for granted. Let's don't spend it on the wrong things. Let's make sure we spend it on the right things. And those right things are godly things. Amen? And that's what gives us the heart of wisdom. So we've been posing the question, what would happen if I was given 21 days to live? What would my top three things be? And the first week, we learned that God should be number one, our relationship with him And we talked about a God-first life. If you missed that Sunday, please go back and watch it. How do I live a God-first life? We should do that no matter how young we are, no matter how old we are. We don't quit. We don't stop putting God first. When you put God first, everything else works out, don't it? And last week, we talked about eternity. If God is not first in your life, you should be thinking about eternity. And we talked about there is a heavenly eternity and what that looks like, what life may look like there. And then there is a, an eternity in hell, hell's eternity. And we ain't going there. Ain't that right? And I'll just use ain't twice if there's any English teachers here. But we're, we're not. We're not. We're on our way to heaven and we're taking people with us. Amen? So today... You've already used 14 days. (laughs) Today is the title of the message is seven days together before eternity. We're going to talk about relationships. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all that you've done already. Thank you for receiving our worship. Thank you, Lord, that we're in a place where we can worship, that we've put you first. And, Lord, you're working things out. Somebody, that's a word for somebody right now, even though it's a a general statement, a truth statement, but that is for somebody specifically right now. God wants you to know he's working it out for you. And I thank you for that, Lord. You had me stop in the middle of this prayer so someone would listen to that closely. You're working it out. And I thank you for that reassurance for them. And today, Lord, would you speak to our heart? Church, let's pray it together. Lord, speak to our heart. Change our life. In Jesus' name, amen. We do welcome you if you're watching online. We're trying to make the online experience better, but not for you to stay at home. We want you to come and join us right here in the seats, amen. Let's give it up for them one more time. We do welcome you. So a man and his wife saved up their money for years to go on vacation in Israel, and when the time came, Their mother-in-law insisted on going with them. 
The husband, desiring to please his wife, reluctantly gave in, and the three of them traveled to Israel. They did all the sightseeing tours to visit the holy sites. While they were there, though, their mother-in-law, his mother-in-law passed away. And to bring her body back to the U.S. was going to cost $10,000. And he was told that she could be buried in Israel in the Holy Land for only 500 But the son-in-law refused and said, we must bring her back, pay him the $10,000. And when the government official asked why he didn't want to bury her there to save the cost, he said, I heard y'all buried a man here one time, and in three days he came back to life. <laughs> and this doesn't apply to my mother-in-law at all. I have a great mother-in-law. <laughs> but many people would want to take that chance. <laughs> Apart from your relationship with God, your relationships are vitally important. God created you and I to be relational. That's the reason why a church that is friendly and loving and kind is so important for everyone. He even bases our relationships with him by our relationships with others. Look at 1 John 4.20. It says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And I don't believe that brother and sister is just biological. I believe that's even spiritual. So many Christians don't love each other. It's interesting when that word is the truth. It says in Matthew, teacher, was, Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. One translation says, in verse 38 it says, this is the first and greatest commandment, verse 38. 39, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we put those two verses together, and it equates to if I love God, I'm going to love others. My brothers, my sisters, spiritually, and even those neighbors that may not be spiritual at all. I got to have love for them. So relationships are so important. Your relationship with others is a good indicator of your relationship with God. If you, can I say it in love, if you got a problem with everybody, you probably the problem. I love you. I love, there ain't nobody in here like that anyway. But if, if, if that person has a problem with everybody, most likely there's a problem, and they're not everybody, it's not everybody else. And it probably has to do with your relationship with God. Some of the meanest people I've ever seen are people that at one time walked with the Lord, and they no longer. And when it comes to relationships, there's some things that we need to question today. And If you had 21 days to live, now we're down to seven, you want to spend it with the people you love, don't you? 
You want to make some things right. So we're going to look at four relationship questions. This is going to help us even if we have many days to live. This is going to help us in our relationship with the Lord. First of all, the first question is this. What relationships do I need to consider? This would be new relationships. You need to think about building relationships on purpose that would benefit you spiritually. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need some people that love us enough to tell us the truth, even when it's the truth we do not want to hear. But we know it's in love. Move groups are a great place to go and grow spiritually and to grow in your relationship with each other. They're still going on. It's even not too late to join one now. Grab a bulletin. You can call that leader. Go to one. You will enjoy getting to know people. Ministry teams are a great place to serve. And you will bless the church. You will be blessed, but you will also be a part of a team where you will grow in your relationships in this church. We don't want anybody to feel lonely at Move Church. We want you to have some people that know you and love you and that can watch out for you and you can watch out for them. We all need it. God programmed us that way. So what relationships do you need to consider? So many people have so many walls built up and, and it's hard to take those walls down, but you, you need it. You need other people in your life that love God and that can help you in your journey. We all need them. That's the reason why sweet people in this church drive for so far away. Of course, God's presence is key, but also each other, relationships with one another. Because you passed 50 churches to get here today. And we need those people that we can love and, and grow together with and, and encourage. We all need that. So which ones do you need to consider? So thankful Julie showed up this morning. She was asked to greet. She didn't know nobody. She didn't know where to stand, what to do. She just said, they told me to come and greet. And she came to greet people as they came in the front door. That's what it's about. And she will be a blessing as she smiles to people as they come in. And she will be blessed. But more importantly, she'll be a part of a ministry team where she can get loved on and, and she can know people. That's what it's about. So give us time. If, if you said you wanted to be involved, we're just trying to find the right place for you. And, and if you're in a place that you don't like, we want you to find a place that you like to serve. But it's about relationships, too. And you'll love getting to know the people of this move, of move Church because this is some great folks right here. Don't you think so? That, I was expecting a little better response from that. <laughs> they are great. They really are. So which ones do you need to consider? Uh, also, which, well, what relationships do you need to cultivate? What relationships do you need to cultivate? These relationships that you have but maybe you need to invest more in them saw a video of a man one time who was dying from a terminal illness and he had made peace with God so his 21 ever how many days he had at that time he had made peace with God and with the illness but he said there's one thing that bothered him he regretted not spending more time with his family his wife and children now 
probably a lot of us in this room, we've lost loved ones. And in looking back, we probably have thought, I wish I had spent more time with them. I wish I had told them I love you more. I've heard statements like this. I wish I had one more day with them. And what they're saying is, if I had that one more day with them, I would do all the things that I'm regretting. I would spend more time. I would love them. I would do those fun things. I wish my mom was back here and I would take her on a cruise. I mean, she thought going out to eat was special. And think about taking, well, I wish, but I don't have that. But I do have relationships now. I do have family now that I can make sure to live with no regrets. I can cultivate and invest in the relationships that I have. You can too. You cannot live holding on to regrets, but you can live with no regrets with those that you have with you now. There is no substitute for time spent together in relationships. Uh, money's not enough. You can't just throw money at it. Business is not enough. To, busyness is not enough to excuse it. Even lack of similar interest is not enough. That's not enough of a reason. We just don't have anything in common. Well, find something. Parents, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Time. Create time. Stop what you're doing and make sure they feel cherished. Your spouse, your families, make time to spend time with them. All right, the third relationship, this is going to help so much for, for us. The third relationship question is this. What relationships do I need to cure? What relationships do I need to cure? These are those relationships where there is hurt and maybe unforgiveness. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe it was your fault. Maybe it was somebody else's fault. But the relationship is hurt. And the value of that relationship is too great to just to let it continue to stay broken. Isn't it time to put the past in the past and work on restoring that relationship? More importantly, unforgiveness hurts you too much to hang on to. You cannot afford unforgiveness. Please hear me. If you don't hear any other part of this message, please listen to this one. As a Christian, you and I do not have an option to hold on to unforgiveness. We must forgive. Let me give you this right in the middle of this message, three reasons that you have to forgive. The first one is this. We forgive to be forgiven. Did anybody need forgiveness here? You needed Jesus to forgive you. Would you raise your hand? If you didn't, you need to be forgiven for lying. <laughs> we all need to be forgiven. So because we need to be forgiven, we don't, we don't get a ride on forgiving others. We don't get a pass, rather. This is what Jesus said. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But 
If you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. You know, the Bible talks about the unpardonable sin, and that is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. But this is one sin. The Bible names some sins. You know, all sin is disobedience to the Lord. But the Bible names a few sins that will send you straight to hell. And this is one of them. If you're not forgiven, you don't go to heaven. And if you're not forgiving those that have hurt you, you're not forgiving and you're not going to heaven. We just got to let that be a Selah moment. Let me just let that sink in. But you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. But you got to forgive. But it hurts too much. I, yeah, it does. Well, I've hurt my Savior. You've hurt your Savior. You got to forgive. This is the good thing for the Christian. We have help. We can go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't want to forgive them. Didn't you see David? David in the Bible says, Lord, crush their teeth in. <laughs> Can't I be that way? No. You've received grace. The good news is you have the Spirit of God in you to help you. That even when we don't want to forgive, we can say, God, I don't want to, but I am. Would you help me to forgive them? And he will. He'll give you a love. He'll give you an ability where you can. He doesn't want you to be unforgiven. So he will help you to forgive. You got to. You got to. So we forgive to be forgiven. The second reason is we forgive to be free. You know, most of the time we walk around holding a grudge against somebody, and that person we're holding a grudge with, they're just happy about their own business. They could care less that they hurt you. That's the reason why I want to hold the grudge to get even. They don't care. They forgot about it. They're moved on. And you're being affected emotionally and spiritually. Sometimes even physically. S stomach all in a knot. It's affecting your other relationships. It changed you to the past. It binds you and will rob you of your future. Isn't it time to be free? Yeah. Someone once said that giving forgiveness is like setting a prisoner free only to find out the prisoner was you. God will help you. You don't want to hurt yourself by holding a grudge against someone else. You need to be free. Then let me give you the third reason. We forgive to have healthy friendships. Unforgiveness will keep you from building new, healthy friendships. Relationships are based on trust. And if you cannot trust others, you will not have close relationships. So that unforgiveness will hurt you in building trust with others. People will, I just don't want to get hurt again. You probably will. Because we are stupid sometimes, aren't we? We do crazy things. But don't we know the importance of grace? Grace. We like grace to be given to us. But we must be able to give grace to others. So you want healthy relationships. Forgive. Understand. There will be times that you may get offended. Somebody may offend you. Don't take it so personal. 
just forgive and move on. Amen? The cost not to forgive is too high. So let's begin the forgiving process today. You can do it because you have the presence of God in you. And you want to be close. You don't want anything hurting your relationship with the Lord or your relationship with others. And that's the price of admission right there. That's the price of admission. You didn't pay nothing to get in the door. <laughs> I take for granted that everybody here at the first service is morning people and we're with it. But no, it takes a minute. So we, what relationship questions have we covered? What relationships do I need to consider? What relationships do I need to cultivate? And what relationships do I need to cure? The last one is so important because this is going to be freeing for someone. What relationships do I need to cut off? Mm -mm -mm. There are some relationships that are bad for you, and you know if you're in one. These relationships hurt you spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Well, Pastor, you just got through talking about loving. Sometimes you've got to love from a distance. You don't have to keep putting yourself around that abuse. I love you as long as you're over there in Jesus. I love you in Jesus. There's some relationships that you have to cut off for your benefit. Now, I'm not telling you to get a divorce. <laughs> don't look at your spouse. <laughs> you may be married, though, and you're flirting with someone else. You think it's harmless? It's not. You're playing with fire. Man, if somebody shows up on my Facebook page, that somebody that I might have dated in the past, or you get, I get those messages that say, hey, what are you doing? You know what I do? I take it to Patty. She can take care of it. <laughs> it's not worth it. You know you're, if you're in a healthy, unhealthy relationship, you have to distance yourself. I like Titus. Titus 3.10 says this, Warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. That's the word of God. If the word of God says I can do it, I can do it. Okay, you're trying to cause me some problems. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you I want that. Oh, you're doing it again? Then I'm going to cut you off. Isn't, this, isn't that good? Anybody? Maybe we don't need that here, but praise the Lord. We have it if we need it. It's time to end those relationships. And if possible, do it in a civil way, loving way, but you, can dis you need to distance yourself. All right, seven ways to have no relationship regrets. Let me give you those in closing. Seven ways to have no relationship regrets. And these are good uh, in all of our relationships. The first one's so important. It is number one. Number one, do what you can to lead them to Jesus. Many times it's hard to minister to family 
that's the reason why it's so important for you to live it in front of them and share Jesus when you can. Share and show. Share Jesus when you can and show Jesus always. Make sure you give them. If you knew that you were fixing to leave in seven days, I think we would be bolder in our, uh, our uh, message to our family. I think we would get them all together and say, let me tell you, before I leave this place, you better get Jesus in your life. I want to be in heaven with you, and, and this is the way we do it. That's got to be the most important thing. My prayer for my family has always been this. Lord, don't let them die until they know you. Some of them are going to live to be 179 years old, but I believe they're going to find Jesus. Man, your mission field begins at home. The Great Commission starts at your address, and it goes from there. Wouldn't it be a shame if we got to heaven and we didn't see some of our family and friends? But I don't want to offend them. You probably are offending them in some other way anyway. And you don't have to point the finger witnessing. You don't have to say you need. You've experienced him for yourself. You have a story to tell. You can relate. Be very humble and say, let me tell you, I didn't serve Jesus at one time, but he got a hold of my life, and I want to make sure you know him too. You can do it in a very loving way, not being judgmental whatsoever. Well, what if they, if they say I'm being judgmental? Well, they're going to say that anyway. At least you've given them the gospel. And you pray for them. You live it out in front of them. Share when you can. Show him always, but you get the, the heart for your family. Are you praying for your family every day? Do it. Lord, save them. If I can't do it, send someone by there, Lord, save them. So it's got to be number one. Do what you can to lead them to Jesus. Number two is this. Say, I love you often and show it always. Say, uh, it's so funny now that uh, Nick is in Baton Rouge and he's a grown man living in Baton Rouge and he's always around somebody. And, uh, but we don't hang up the phone without saying, I love you. And I could tell when he's around a crowd that he really just sort of hard to say. He'll say, I love you, Dad. But he better tell me he loves me. Say it always. Well, I said it one time when we got married. And don't just say I love you without showing it, right? But say it. Show it. You cannot show too much love for one another. I'm just not good at that. I've shared with you before my grandfather, the old school. I'd say, we, we would, as kids, say, Grandpa, I love you. He would say, I love you. Like, what's a wah, 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 wah? He just couldn't let it out of his mouth. I think real man can say, I love you. So say it. Show it. Every day. Every day. Number three is this. I won't spend much time on this because we covered it. Resolve any issues of conflict. Don't go to bed angry. 
Sometimes me and Patty don't even get any sleep at all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we do practice that early on. Thankfully, we, we just take care of it. Now, we've been married so long, love, it's like we can take care of it in a couple of seconds. Don't go to sleep angry. Resolve it. Any kind of conflict. Number four, affirm their positives. Say what you would say now or what you would say at their funeral. It's so sad. Some people don't ever hear the good qualities until they can't hear it. Say it now. Share it now. I mean, be open enough now to bring out the positives. It's okay. They need to hear that. Everyone needs to be affirmed, don't we? Number five, make time to spend some time together. It doesn't have to, nothing to do about money. It, it doesn't take money to spend time together. There are times where me and Patty will just go get a dessert, uh, something to eat, and, and sit up in a parking lot watching cars go by and just talking. It doesn't take much time, money just to spend time together. If you, I encourage you, if, you, if you're married, I encourage you to get up in enough time in the mornings to drink coffee together. At our house, if we don't get to drink coffee together, just, it ain't right. That day it does not start off right. So we get up at 5 o'clock to drink coffee together. It's worth it. It really is. Number six, create memories on purpose. I love this. I love to do things out of the ordinary just to create a memory. And if it bombs, I, I always say, we're making memories, yay. Create some memories, some things. that You've probably heard this saying before. I really like it. Life is not measured by the number of breaths that we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. And then the last one, so important, do what you can to lead them to Jesus. We begin with that. We make sure we end with that. There's nothing you can give your family that is more important, more valuable than this. When me and Patty were in Europe in 2010 on, on an assignment, we'd been there uh, for about 10 months, and we really began feeling like it was time to go home budget and being a little homesick and we just felt like it was time to come back home so we went through the whole process it was quite a process about a two-week thing just to be able to get ready to come back home and we came back home about December the 10th if I remember that date correctly in, in 2010 and when I got home the very next day my dad had a stroke My dad at one time served the Lord, and when my mom passed away, he slipped away. And my prayer is always, Lord, don't let any of my family members leave this place without knowing you. So when that happened the next day, I felt that was a divine moment. Me, my brother and sister traveled up to Columbus where he was, and we didn't we were told he wasn't coherent. I didn't know what kind of shape he would be in. It was a major stroke. 
But thankfully, when we walked in, he was alert, talking to, our, talking to us, coherent. I was so thankful. And about the first thing I did after saying, hey, after not seeing him for all those months, I said, Dad, this is my dad, okay? Dad, we're fixing to give our hearts to Jesus. And that prayer that I pray with you every Sunday is a prayer that I led him in. And he repeated it after me. And shortly after that, he recovered from that stroke. And I was told he began to tell people about Jesus again. He began reading his Bible again. And the Lord let me know that to, to, to let me, gave him that time so I would know he really, he really meant it. Even though I didn't give him no option. We're going to get our life right with Jesus right now. And four months after that first stroke, he had another one that took his life. The, I've, I've had the opportunity with a few of my family members to pray those last-minute prayers. God will give you the same. He doesn't want your family to miss heaven. And since you are his child, I believe your prayers weigh heavy in heaven. Pray for your family. In the Bible, it talks about Paul and Silas being put in prison. And the jailer, there's a miracle. I won't go into the whole story, but the jailer gets saved. And look what it says in Acts 16. The jailer begins to think, ask, what must I do to be saved? And they responded, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Look at this promise, though. You and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. He got his whole family together. He did something. And verse 34 said, he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. We're going to believe for our whole households to be saved. Not one of them missing heaven. Amen? Would you stand? Well, is God going to make them get saved? No, he, he, he doesn't override our will. But from my experience, he can put you in a place where you will want him in your life. My prayer is a little dangerous when it comes to my family, friends, and say, Lord, save them whatever way you can. You can send an angel. You can even send a demon, whatever way it takes, whatever it takes. Dreams. Visions, whatever it takes. I don't want him to go to hell. It grieves me to think that I have a grandfather that passed away when I was about 15 years old that I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Nothing I can do about that. For him. There is something I can do about it for the rest of my family. You can too. I know it's sort of heavy in this room. And this whole series is heavy. It's okay. We need heavy at times. Would you bow your head please? First let's make sure that we have a message that we can tell. 
Let's make sure we're living the gospel, that we have the good news, that we're living it out ourselves. Please, don't play church. Please, don't allow something like unforgiveness to keep you from being close to the Lord. Please, don't allow habitual sin to keep you away from God. The price has been paid for you to have complete freedom. Let's really make sure he is first in our life. Let's make sure our relationship with him is where it needs to be. And church, we're going to pray. We'll give you the words. You just give him your heart. Then you give him your actions after that. Not just a one-time prayer, but it's your actions after that. God, I'm coming after you. And I want a relationship with you. If you're watching online, please, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is at your house at this moment, wherever you are, and he is speaking to you. I believe that. Don't turn him away. You have this moment, and that's the only moment you're guaranteed. Let's pray it together, church. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Heads bowed just for a moment. You say, Pastor, that was my prayer. Would you raise your hand? At home, you can raise your hand. Yes. Just raise your hand. You don't have to be ashamed. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now look, if you would raise your hand again, and we're all going to raise a hand to praise the Lord. Come on, church. Let's thank the Lord for forgiving us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are my Savior. Thank you that you came after me. Somebody, somebody came after me. Somebody prayed for me, and I am here today serving you, living for you, waiting for heaven. And I'm going to do my best to take some people with me. And I thank you for that. Now let's pray for our families. Would you do that? Those friends, those relationships. Lord, help us. Help me, Lord, to be a vocal witness. Help me to show love. Help me to live it out myself. Let their hearts be open to receive it from me. Lord, if you give me the opportunity, I'm going to walk through that door and I will do what I can to see them in heaven one day. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Okay, so beginning next Sunday, we'll have sign-up sheets. If you missed the outreach last night, can I just tell you, Move Church showed up last night, I'm telling you. At Johnny, I always forget the name of these, Johnny and Friends. And, and it was such a great time, such a great experience. Thank you all for that, those that came. Uh, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, the very next Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're going to have an outreach called Give Thanks. So we will not have regular service in the house. You're going to have an opportunity to begin next Sunday in signing up for different areas of outreach. And that Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, we'll meet together and we're going to disperse sharing the love of Jesus wherever we go. 
There'll be different ways, and there'll be something for everybody to do. Please don't make that a Sunday where you can say, well, I don't have to go to church that day. I mean, it, you're going to be blessed. There'll be many things. There'll be yard work. There'll be uh, some building projects, but then there'll be sharing, and there'll be cookie baking. There'll be things that you can do that you can use what God's given you, your effort, your love for people, your love for God, to be a blessing to others. So it's called Give Thanks. Beginning next Sunday, we'll have more information, and you can sign up. It's going to be fun. It's going to be like a one-day mission trip, and it's only going to be from 9 until 1, okay? So you can still go and do whatever else you want to like you normally would after church. So make plans now, that Sunday after Thanksgiving, okay? Give thanks. We're going to give people a reason to be thankful. Ain't that right? All right, let me bless you. Raise your hand. If you will receive this blessing, I'm going to raise it because I'm receiving it myself. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Have a good Sunday.